Dun, 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 dun. Welcome to the multiverse. Dun, 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 dun. Multiverse. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the multiverse. I am Junior, and this lovely man beside me is Nick. Hi. Hello. Thanks Hi. for that. That was a good intro. Yeah, was it? Yeah. Awesome. We're, so, we're off to a strong start. I'll try not to interrupt you anymore. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm good. I, I, I'm, I'm doing good. Good. Yeah. I'm good as well. Thank you good. for asking. <laughs> Junior, you know what I'm wondering? What are you wondering? How you doing? I'm much worse now. Now? Yes. That you Okay. Sorry. <laughs> well, now that I know how you're doing and you, you know how I'm doing, do you want to explain to everybody um, what we're doing here? Yeah. So there are decades of comic history involving hundreds of characters and just as many storylines. On this show... We hope to take you on a deep dive through the origins of your favorite characters and explore some adventures you may or may not be familiar with. Going through some of these old comics can be a bit of a chore at times, so we're going to put in the legwork and you can sit back and enjoy the ride. Yeah, and we'll probably uh, we'll probably shit on some comics along the way. No. Ninety-five percent 90, well, of these Silver Age comics are yeah. just not great. Yeah, I said not intentionally. I mean, we it will be intentional. We are going, <laughs> there's going to be some bad stuff, but somewhere along the way, we're going to get to some good stuff. We're going to find some diamonds in the rough. Hopefully, you'll enjoy the stories, and you'll get a, get a laugh, yeah. at least. Hearty chuckle. Yeah. So, on today's show, we're going to cover Spider-Man. Probably one of my favorite comic book superheroes of all time. Uh, at least, I, I mean, I, I grew up watching... The Spider-Man animated series, so... The one from the 90s? Yes. Oh, that one was fantastic. So, Spider-Man has a special place in my heart. Um, I've read a bunch of Spider-Man comics, but I've not read them uh, them all, um, so I'm looking forward to this. So, what we're going to do today is we're going to cover Spider-Man's first calendar year, correct? Yes, yes. Okay. So, it's gonna we're going to cover the his first appearance in um, Amazing Fantasy, mm-hmm. number 15, and then we're going to cover his first... Uh, three issues of his solo comic. That's right. All right. You want to get, get to it? Yes, sir. All right. We begin our journey with Peter Parker way, way back on August 10th, 1962. He was created by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko in issue number 15 of Amazing Fantasy. Now, despite this issue being record-breaking in terms of sales, this was sadly the last issue of Amazing Fantasy. Most of us have seen that iconic cover of Spider-Man carrying a dude while sporting the worst case of armpit hair the world has ever seen with those web gliders. We got to see those for the first time on the big screen in Spider-Man Homecoming. In this... What? Great movie. It was pretty good, yeah. I I enjoy Tom Holland. Mm -hmm. In this issue, we are immediately introduced to iconic characters such as Aunt May, Uncle Ben, and I wouldn't want to fight me either, Flash Thompson. Fun fact, mm-hmm. Aunt May and Uncle Ben first debuted in a mini-story in Strange Tales number 97, mm-hmm. just two months earlier. Okay. Nick, uh, why don't you ask me what they were doing? Hey, Junior. Yeah, what's up? You know, I, I was sitting here, before you got here, Yeah, I was just sitting around staring into the into the abyss. As one does. Yeah, because I don't do anything before you get here. Uh, <laughs> You're just, an NPC? Yes, essentially. <laughs> I was just thinking to myself, though, what, what were... Uncle Ben and Aunt May doing in their uh, introduction 
in the Strange Tales comic book. Well, you see, they were taking care of their mermaid niece. Uh-huh. Mermaid niece. Mer- mermaid. Yes. Please don't ask me to go into any more detail. I'm going to go ahead and ask you to go into a little bit more detail. <laughs> oh, no, uh, they had a crippled knee. I don't know if crippled is PC to say, but she was in a wheelchair. It's not like you're making fun of them. Now, my question is, was she in the wheelchair because she was crippled or was she in the wheelchair because she was a mermaid? Uh, they never tell, but it doesn't look like... Does she walk at any point? Well, eventually, but she oh. like drifts off into the ocean. It it doesn't appear that uh, Uncle Ben and Aunt May knew they had a mermaid niece. They just knew oh. they had a niece and she needed to be taken care of. Okay. So they came, she came and lived with them on their beachfront property. Right. Because she's a mermaid. Yes. And uh, apparently sleepwalking runs in the family. Aunt May's doing it. The niece is doing it. Uh, somehow that's important. It's yeah. not, but she <laughs> just, she sleepwalks her, well, quote unquote, sleepwalks her way into the ocean. Right. And then you see her just swimming along with her mermaid tail, and that's it. So she sleepwalks into the ocean and mm-hmm. magically has a mermaid tail. Yes. Hmm. You know what? What? I'm going to say it. What is? That's a strange tale. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we also see that people back in the 60s were drawn with skulls half the size of their entire torso. In his debut, Peter Parker looks kind of like a shitty Ed Helms. Now, <laughs> it's pretty much we've read we've read some some Silver Age comics mm-hmm. in our time. Uh, they aren't all as disproportionate as Peter Parker. No, he's got a stupid head, but it, maybe it it's almost like it's his he his head is so big because he, it's like they, okay, this is the star. Yeah, look, look at Fathead over here. That <laughs> Fathead. Yeah. That could or maybe his brain's just too big. Could be that he's yeah. a smarty pants. Yeah. I think I might cut that. <laughs> no, keep it in. Okay. He is he is a smart cookie. Yep. So this is your classic bit by a radioactive spider origin story as this big ass spider bites Peter on the hand with its dying breath. Mm-hmm. Parker is so much of a nerd that even the scientists start roasting him as he runs out of the room from the bite. It looks as though our experiment unnerved young Parker. He must have a weak stomach. This dude just got bit by a big-ass spider that's like the size of his mouth. Which is big because his head's big. (laughs) Also, if I got bit by a spider, even if it was a tiny spider, I think I'd want to leave too. Yeah. I'm not going to be happy about it. I've never been bit by a spider that I'm aware of, but if I saw (laughs) one just fall onto my hand and be like, Yeah. This is what you get for doing science, kids. This is the lesson to take away. Don't do science. Don't do smart things. Also, the problem with with this whole scenario is they're testing some sort of um, some sort of radiation, and it zaps the spider, and the spider just kind of falls onto Peter and bites him. I would assume that that spider would have just melted in some sort of way. Yes, absolutely. But you know, I would I would also think that there like there would be some protective measures. Like OSHA needs to be involved here because he just walks in. And has yeah. a radioactive spider plop on him from this experiment. Yeah. and Well, they're on a school field trip, right? Yeah, but like, yeah. have some glass. Separate yeah. the people. <laughs> yeah, you're, the school field trip shouldn't be in the same room as all the radiation. Yeah. I mean, even though he looks like he's 45 years old already, he Easily. is not. He's a Easily. teenager. Yeah, he looks like he smokes a pack a day. Yeah. <laughs> so, he wastes no time in exploring his new powers. 
immediately running up a building and destroying public property, as superheroes are known to do. Now, Nick, what's the first thing that people do when they first get their powers? They test them bitches out. They do. He finds the biggest motherfucker he can to take down. And in this case, Peter goes toe-to-toe with the wrestler Crusher Hogan for $100. That translates to about $850 in today's money. And in the same page, as he takes that money, Spider-Man is born. Macho Man Randy Savage played a version of this character, Bonesaw McGraw, in Raimi's movie. Now, fun Sam fact, Raimi. Sam Raimi, yes. Yes, okay. Fun fact, the ladies who come to Bonesaw's side after he makes his uh, introductory match were officially known as the Bonettes. Gross. <laughs> no. The, the Bonettes. No, I heard you. <laughs> I heard you the first time. <laughs> There's a baby at the door. <laughs> you just hear a thud. <laughs> so what do you think, Nick? Would you go mono e mono with 2002 Rand- Macho Man Randy Savage? Um, no. For eight hundred and fifty dollars. Um, hmm. now is this like kayfabe wrestling, or is this like he can actually hurt me wrestling? Oh, you don't know what kayfabe is, do you? I do not. Oh, <laughs> sorry. But the so, previous guy that faced Bonesaw went left on a stretcher. Yeah. So kayfabe is basically like how they keep things um, protected, and they're like the the secrets that it's not really real. You know, that's you son of a that's bitch. Kayfabe. So if he's just gonna like toss me around and pretend to hurt me for a while, yeah, I'll take eight hundred fifty bucks. But if he's gonna actually try to hurt me, because it in you said two thousand two. Yes. He's still a massive human being i mean he was massive till the day he died yeah but um no well i mean the whole goal is you get a hundred dollars if you last three minutes so you have to survive i could get beat up for three minutes well the thing is you you gotta be awake for it i mean i feel like i could we could do this all day we should probably (laughs) (laughs) um possibly is my answer okay this origin coincides pretty perfectly with Sam Raimi's 2002 Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire, with the exception that in the comics, Petey develops his own web shooters, whereas in the movies, he discovers he can shoot ropes organically, organically <laughs> while at the school. <laughs> Do you want to try that again? Yeah. <laughs> shoot ropes. <laughs> I feel gross. I feel sticky. All right. Whereas in the movie, he discovers he can shoot ropes organically while at school. Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland's version both have the manufactured web shooters. I'm going to go on the record and say Garfield was a better Spider-Man than Maguire. Yeah, that's true. I Don't get me wrong. I love Raimi's trilogy. Mm-hmm. Well, ignoring the last movie. But yeah. he just he's not he's not Peter Parker. Yeah, it's just it's kind of I don't know. He just when you know when that movie was all we had, it was fine. But yeah. then you know we've we've had quite a few Spider-Man movies since then, and it, his uh, his portrayal of uh, Peter Parker kind of diminishes when you see an a, a guy that actually kind of almost looks like a teenager. Yeah, actually do it. Um, yeah. I just want to step back uh, about a minute ago. You said shoot ropes, and I'm not happy about it. It just sounds gross. What, uh, what's the problem? Uh, 
I guess now's a good time to say this is not going to be a PG podcast. <laughs> no, it is not. So once his costume is made, Spidey decides he wants to go viral and crashes. I don't think I mentioned that he made a costume. Nope, he didn't. I don't even have it in the script. So after Parker designs his uh, rope shooter, <laughs> he makes the rest of his costume. And once it's made, Spidey decides he wants to go viral and crashes a TV broadcast for the world to see. As he tries to leave the TV station, a thief runs towards the elevator with the law hot on his trail. Now, I'm not sure what's particularly valuable at a TV station, but you gotta admire the guy's gumption. In yeah. Raimi's film, the people being robbed were kind of a dick to Spidey, whereas the only thing the only thing these news guys did was not have him immediately thrown out for interrupting a television broadcast. Yeah. In this case, Spidey's kind of an asshole as the cops beg for help, and instead he says, Sorry, pal, that's your job. In fact, he cares so little. He even says the rest of the world can go hang for all I care. Yeah, something we're gonna see a lot. Uh, in in this episode of of these early Spider-Man comics is just how much of a dick Peter Parker is yeah. for some weird reason. Yeah. I don't get how this guy from the 60s became the beloved character that we had in the 90s. It's pro- possibly the reboot. Yeah. Or, you know, just over time he slowly changed, not really sure. I'm going to say I'm glad he changed. Yeah, quite a bit. This guy's not a hero. In return for his indifference, the thief who slipped away ends up murdering dear old Uncle Ben in his own home. Spidey and the murderous thief come to blows in an abandoned warehouse where the thief's identity is realized, leading to a shift in this fresh superhero's ideology. He leaves the criminal hanging from a web for the cops as he walks off into the sunset. So something we absolutely did not get in this origin... Hmm. is the speech from Uncle Ben. No. No, Uncle Ben's purpose is to die. <laughs> yeah, he's just... You, you only get a couple of, uh, panels of him early on in the comic, and then he's just... He dies. You don't even see him... He, uh, you don't even see him when when Peter Man... Peter Man? <laughs> Peter Man. <laughs> when Peter Man... When Peter Parker finds out that his uncle's been killed, you don't even see him. Yeah. So The, the thief just makes a beeline for the, for the, the, the TV station. Straight... To Parker's apartment. Yeah. So we didn't get the famous with great power comes great responsibility And that's speech. why he's an asshole. Maybe that's it. Yep. Maybe at some point they retcon the uh, the speech in and he go- he stops being a dick. Our comics are full of retcons. We're going to oh, yeah. deal with our own fair share oh, yeah. <laughs> later. <laughs> but that's it for Spider-Man's lot. debut. Uh, the issue that the, this issue of Amazing Fantasy was so record-breaking in sales that seven months later it spawned the series The Amazing Spider-Man, a run that, despite a couple of interruptions, continues to this day. In fact, that issue is worth so much, Amazing Fantasy number 15, that it actually sold for $454,000 at a public auction in 2016. It's it's no action comics number one, but damn, that's a lot of money for a comic for that's a, some paper. That is almost half a million dollars. That's, that's pretty good. That's a lot of time with Crusher Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we're going to move on to Spidey's own comic series, The Amazing Spider-Man number one, released March tenth, nineteen sixty three. This issue goes hard right out of the gate, sporting the Fantastic Four 
seemingly holding our beloved web-slinger against his will. As it's been seven months since we last saw him, this comic gives us a rundown of what we just covered. Uncle Ben's gone, no one can pay the bills, so Parker decides to perform in front of a live audience like a circus monkey. And unfortunately, Uncle Ben hadn't really finished teaching Peter all he knew because this dumbass asks for the checks to actually be made out to Spider-Man. Now, for our younger listeners, a check is a signed piece of paper (laughs) from one person's bank account to another dictating the transferring of funds. Unfortunately, you can't just open a bank account in the name of Spider-Man. You need, like, a birth certificate, a social security card, Mm. all sorts of dumb shit that I have no idea where it is at the moment. People... (laughs) (laughs) Don't ask me, Mom. I don't know. (laughs) People also need to be able to see your face. Yeah, I guess that's true. You're not supposed to walk in banks yeah. with a mask. These days, you, well, these days you can. You're, they actually yell if you yeah. if you don't. Good well, lord! <laughs> this is supposed to be an evergreen podcast. What does that mean? It means it's 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 fresh. It's green all year round. It's not t- it's not timely. Well, they're gonna know this is COVID era <laughs> podcasting. <laughs> One of I'm sure many COVID podcasts. Yeah. It's a, it's while he's at the bank discovering the errors of his ways that we're introduced to old Eraserhead himself, John Jonah Jameson. Jameson? What's up? I'm not going to do the bit. Why? <laughs> no. Do you want? <laughs> Hit him with Hit him with a little bit of J- Jonah Jameson. I don't want to do that. I want pictures of Spider-Man. That's right. He's a menace. Uh, I did one. You did good. I don't it wasn't good. Don't, don't, don't <laughs> lie to me. <laughs> Jameson is a complicated character who's been portrayed many different ways. Sometimes, usually, he's a control freak asshole who (laughs) micromanages his employees, whereas other times he can be more of a comic relief. He often shows immense bravery in the face of villains and can oftentimes be capable of great compassion. In one of the greatest castings in comic book history, he's played by J.K. Simmons in both Raimi's trilogy and at the end of Far From Home. Now, say what you will, but I can't see anyone else playing this character. No. And I'd like to think that the the makers of the film knew it would be a huge disservice to the fans to not have J.K. Simmons reprise his role. Mm-hmm. Granted, without the signature black and gray flat top. Yeah, it's a little, a little bald these days. A little bald. Yeah. Simmons is so iconic, he's even played Jameson in several shows, such as uh, Ultimate Spider-Man, Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes, and more. He's even been in the video game Lego Marvel Superheroes. Who put, do you know, he doesn't play him in the uh, Spider Man game for PS4, does he? I don't remember him even being in it, was J- he? Jameson? Yeah, he, you get the little drop, almost like a, it's almost like a podcast, like when you're swinging that's around. That's right. Oh my God. Yeah, he's, he's all, no, that's not him. Not him. No. But that, that is a good example of him being comedic relief, though. Yeah. Those things are hilarious. <laughs> I always true. stopped what I was doing to listen to those. <laughs> now back to our story. As he loves to do, J. Jonah Jameson is already discrediting Spider Man and his antics in the newspaper. And at this point, I gotta agree with him. All Spidey's done at this point was stop one robber after it was convenient for him and Mm -hmm. show off his acrobatics like an asshole. Yeah. Instead, he suggests we look up to his son, the astronaut John Jameson. A fun fact, John Jameson eventually turns into the villainous man-wolf and Mm. tries to murder his father after one of his moon voyages goes south. 
Moon Boy? Oh, because he's an astronaut. Yes. Yeah. So it's a Moon Boy. Okay. But it, it turns out he was just under the influence of a moon rock. It's yes. It's pretty boring. <laughs> yes, that that is. He, he all he also becomes the slightly more noble star god after traveling to the other realm. I don't. What's the other realm? No, it's, it's <laughs> just called the other realm. <laughs> but he becomes normal and subjective to the moon rock when he returns back to Earth. So he goes from being just a, a regular ass werewolf. Well, a moon werewolf, I guess. I don't really <laughs> I don't understand that one. So he goes from being a werewolf to a god, a star god. Yeah, basically. That's a that's a big step up. Yeah, that's what happens when you try to kill your dad. Oh. There are a lot of mixed messages in this. Let's move. In Let's this move podcast. on to the next. But as fate would have it, the boy's space-bound rocket runs into trouble. As he plummets to the Earth, their equivalent of NASA's best idea was to catch him in a giant Acme-style net. <laughs> so stupid. Did but- it work? No. <laughs> no, it doesn't work because Acme products are faulty. That's yeah. why the Roadrunner gets away. Every time. Now, Spider-Man is, of course, able to spring into action and, for the first time, be the hero we know and love him to be. Unfortunately for Spidey, JJ uses this opportunity to further his slanderous campaign against Spider-Man. <laughs> this is a tactic that JJ employs for years to come. Years to come. Years to come. <laughs> years, years to come. Years to, years to, to come. Years to come. Are we just going to keep saying this over and over again? <laughs> years to come. Fun fact, it's in this issue that we first hear Spidey referred to as a menace by JJ. Yep. A name that's going to stick with him for the rest of his life. Mm. And a menace he will be. <sighs> He's such a pain in the ass. Oh, yeah. Spider-Man He's- is a pain in my ass. Yeah. He's going to do a lot more ridiculous shit down the road. He just he gets real like crackhead with it <laughs> with oh, exploring yeah. his powers. Oh yeah. So next up, we got Spider-Man versus the Chameleon in the final act of his first comic. Um are you just going to not talk about how he caught, <laughs> caught the the I didn't plan and... on it. No. <laughs> you're just gonna you're just going to ignore the rest of the issue. <laughs> I didn't think it was important. Uh, well, I'll touch on it real quick. So Spider-Man hears about the uh, the the pod falling falling down out of control. Uh, he goes and he gloats to J. Jonah Jameson about how he's going to take care of it. Uh, and just of, do just do the just thing. Do the thing. Yeah. God, you're wasting time. Yeah. Then he goes and, and he hitches a ride on a plane. Uh, he just stands on top of it. And uh, I mean, there are no buildings usually around a. Uh... You know, yeah, that's true. Site. Yeah, that's where Spider-Man's powers kind of uh, yeah. don't work. Is in the old Spider-Man games, he would just thwip up into the sky, anyways. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's always need a building. There's always some sort of plane or blimp floating or hot oh. air balloon. Anyway, so they fly up, and uh, he attaches his web to the uh, the pod, and then just rides it for a while um, before the um, the parachute comes out. And then yeah. it, it goes safely back to Earth, and he runs away. And then, um, for some reason, uh, Jameson says that it was all Spider-Man's fault and demands that he be arrested. So. I mean, it is pretty convenient placing. 
Yeah. Like you, yes, you've got to have a, 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 a wonderful display of strength and agility and heroics. Mm-hmm. But the, the old Silver Age comics are filled with convenience. Oh yeah, everything is convenient and overexplained. Oh my god, reading that's that's honestly the hardest part of reading these. Yeah, is oh no, you punched me in the face. Yeah. I'm gonna punch <laughs> you. Ow. Yeah. Pow, thwip. Yeah. No, I like a good thwip. Snicked. Or I'm running pow. out of onomatopoeias. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Uh, shakoom. Shakoom. Yeah, that is not real. Uh huh. It's an explosion sound. <sighs> yeah, I, yeah. I demand proof later. I'll I'll find you one. All right. Well, next up, we got Spider-Man versus the Chameleon in the final act of his first comic. Fun fact: through the entire third part of this issue. Spider-Man's identity is listed <laughs> as Peter Palmer. Yep. Not Parker. Now, Nick, why do you think that is? Because Stanley is famous for his horrible memory, which is why he likes alliteration. Peter I mean, Parker. Pee pee. <laughs> the Peter Tingle. Yeah, the Peter I, I can't blame him. I mean, he was shitting out comics. Oh, yeah. Left and right. Yeah. And I mean, he didn't know what was going to survive. I mean, this is this is his his first introductory issue. Who knows how long it's going to last? Yeah. Um, so I actually found this um, in when I was reading last night. Uh, it's an old. Um, it's called Stan Stan's Soapbox, which is kind of like where he addresses fans and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like a. That's a. It's it's listed on the column, right? Yeah, and basically what. Uh, he said that a number of fans said that it was um, too expensive trying to buy all of their mags, and they asked mags being comic books. They called them magazines back then, and they they wanted him to publish less of them. And this was a complaint <laughs> that he addressed in this uh, in this soapbox, for lack of a better term. Um, that doesn't sound like something a child would say. Soapbox. Yeah, like. Uh- he Stanley called it Stan Soapbox. No, uh, no, that doesn't sound like a child's complaint though. Oh, that there's too many, yeah, too many comic books to read. No, I, who knows? That was in 1968. I don't have that kind of information <laughs> in front of me. But that to that to your point, he was putting a lot. They were Marvel was putting a lot out, and he was the big creative guy. He came up with mm-hmm. the stories. So, yeah, I mean that's basically. Um, the the reasoning behind this, they never really address Peter Palmer. Uh, they kind of just ignore it, and then in the the in the other comics, in the next ones, he goes back to Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. Now, I found a theory. Okay, so Spider Man, the the Amazing Spider Man number one, mm-hmm. this this theory I found says that this whole thing was meant to be Amazing Fantasy number 16, because number 15 was canceled. Okay. Or it was canceled after 15, I'm sorry. Right. So, but the thing is, they didn't have the full comic set out yet. As, as I said earlier, this is the third part. Mm-hmm. The oh, theory I, I found, yet yeah, the first two parts were ready to go. Right. But he had to make a new third part, and he just forgot his name. So he probably created the first two parts seven months ago. Yep. And then this... They were like, oh, we're going to give him his own magazine. And now, oh, we can't just have two parts. We have, it has to be longer. Yeah. And then, so he was, so he sat down and he wrote a whole new story. 
and completely forgot what the guy's name was. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's not the sexiest conspiracy, but it's the makes sense. It's the best one that I could find. Yeah. So here we see the Fantastic Four, but before we dive into it, I have to acknowledge the importance of this. Mm-hmm. March 1963 marks the first time in Marvel Comics that two characters or groups actually meet each other. In this issue, and Fantastic Four, volume number one, or volume one, number 12, sorry, Mm -hmm. where they get to meet the Hulk. Oh, yeah. I don't know what the Fantastic Four have that brings these people together, but they made history with these two comics, paving the way for future comic team-ups and the eventual MCU. Well, the Fantastic Four was the first family of Marvel Comics. They were the the bread and butter, the big ones. Yeah. Um, I mean, the the Human Torch was in the first ever comic book that Marvel put out. That is very true. Yeah, maybe not the not the first. I don't know if it's their first comic book, but the first Marvel comic. Uh-huh. It was called Marvel Comics. It was the first one, and, the, and that was what launched the superhero Marvel comic mm. stuff. So, wasn't the same Human Torch? But we'll get into that. In oh a God. future episode. <laughs> oh, you're going to learn me some things. Oh, yeah. It's uh. it's interesting. <laughs> well, still money hungry from the check cashing debacle. The best get rich quick. Get, get squick rich queen. <laughs> what happened? What's going on with your voice? I, d- I don't know. <laughs> Anyways. Well, still money hungry from the check cashing debacle. The best get-rich-quick scheme he can think of is to join the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. At this time, the Fantastic Four have been going strong for a couple of years, and it helps to add a little star power. For those who aren't quite familiar, the Fantastic Four consists of Mr. Fantastic, the Invisible Woman, the Human Torch, and the Thing. You've got to admire the balls mm-hmm. that this dude must have to think that he can just waltz into the Baxter building and not immediately get his ass beat for intruding. Yeah. It's absolutely asinine. Once he's discovered there's some security in the Baxter building, he goes full hoodlum and pries the door open to their elevator before coming to the realization that breaking in through the roof may be easier. He just grabs it and opens it up. Mm -hmm. In in full civilian clothing, too. Yeah. He's so... Stupid. He deserves to get caught. Yeah. And before he goes to the roof, he decides, I better look like Spider-Man now. <laughs> yes. He's already come in. I have no idea why. No. The Fantastic Four are no joke. And they almost immediately realize not only is someone trying to break in, but that it's Spider-Man. They've seen his dumbass on the TV. Repeatedly. So they essentially hit him with the classic box on a stick with a string gag. <laughs> They trap Spider-Man without breaking a sweat. They leave the window open for the wall crawler and drop a giant glass cage down on him. Fortunately for him, he breaks out with relative ease, and now it's time to fight. Yeah. As he's demonstrating his increasingly impressive skill set against the four, Reed Richards, a.k.a. Mr. Fantastic, decides he's had enough. He came into their fucking house and puffs up to the size of a school bus and demands to know what Peter Palmer wants. I'm sorry, it still gets me. Yeah, it's okay. So they chatted up for a bit when Spidey realizes most other superheroes don't do good for profit. 
and storms out the same window he first crawled in through, which is rude as shit. They probably would have let him out. Yeah. Now he's going to get footprints on everything? <laughs> I mean, that's I've a big-ass building. I've always wondered how um, his his feet stick to things, and his hands, too, to through the point. costume. Through the costume, yeah. I never thought about it. His fingerless hand. gloves look stupid. But that doesn't explain how they work. <laughs> this is this is comics. Yeah, that's that's the answer right there. <laughs> comics. Okay. Now while this is going on on the other side of town, the chameleon is messing around in a military defense station, stealing what we eventually learned to be the first half of some missile defense plans. This marks the chameleon's debut and the first supervillain that Spidey actually faces. Mm. He's going to go on to become a staple in Spidey's rogues gallery. The chameleon is a Soviet-born citizen and half-brother to Craven the Hunter, who debuts like eight months later or something like that. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Right now, he doesn't have any powers or genetic defects. He just has this obnoxious yellow multi-pocket disguise vest, <laughs> as he calls it. And it it really is just look, it looks, it's a tactical vest with a bunch of stupid pockets on it. He's just all the Scooby-Doo villains. <laughs> <laughs> just all rolled up into one. I hadn't thought about that. But he really <laughs> is. He's like got a pocket just for mustaches. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> so the whole world knows of Spider-Man's field trip to the Fantastic Four. And Chameleon quickly deduces that Spider-Man must be a little short on cash because he just went in and walked out. But you think if he saw him walk in... That he would see have seen Peter Parker walk in, mm-hmm. and then Peter Parker not walk back it back out. Well, he he do, Peter Parker does walk out, but then Sp- Spider Man goes to the top of the building. <sighs> That's true. Yeah. Also, how did he deduce that he needed money just because he went and saw the Fantastic Four? Did he not think well, in one of those pockets is a big old brain? I guess <laughs> I would think like, oh, he just wants to join the Fantastic Four, and they told him no. No. Yeah. I mean, it could be he he drew from maybe he's a nerd. Spider Man being an asshole on TV, just saying, "Look uh, at me, look what I can do." True. I don't know, but he decides that he's going to frame Spider Man for the theft that he just committed, and the one he's about to commit. So he sets a trap for the wall crawler with the promise of money, mm-hmm. and he solid snakes his way through another military building dressed as Spider-Man himself before helicoptering away from the scene of the crime. And it kind of makes you, what kind of shitty ass security do these military defense facilities have? Oh, we're going to see that a lot from here on out. Uh, it's so the frustrating. Worst. They have it's, the worst. It's 1960. What do I say? Two, three. I think this is 63. No, you're, you're right. Yeah. It's 63. So the cold war is going on. Mm hmm. And people are just waltzing in. Yeah. I don't think he has like a pocket full of just like bullshit key cards. He might. He might have a pocket with key cards. They're they're know. all just they're all just key cards with a key card mask. <laughs> he's, no, he's got one key card with key card masks. Yeah. So he's just yeah. got the master key card. <laughs> oh god. So Chameleon is pretty handy himself, and he actually shoots a guard with a web gun of his own design. And I don't know why the hell everyone is so good at building things in the 60s. But, you know, it took me like a month to build my coffee table. Yeah. Well, sure enough, Spider-Man arrives at the top of the military building the chameleon just helicoptered away from. And being no slouch, 
he webs the guards trying to arrest him and quickly discovers where the chopper's headed. And this is where I said he's going to get crackhead with it because <laughs> he decides the the best way to capture the chameleon is to just turn himself into a human slingshot. I don't... I'm not... I wasn't bitten by a spider. No. I'm, I'm not even remotely athletic. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't say what I would do in that situation. But you'd think that he would test out the ability to slingshot himself before doing it on top of a military research facility. No, he's just going to do it now. <sighs> well, uh, well, no, 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 not moving on yet. Okay, because after he slingshot, oh, after he slingshots himself, he's got to he's got to get down, right? He's in the air. Yeah, what so goes up? He he's got his little web gliders, but that only gets you so far. I've, I've fought, I don't I've never seen them be used in this entire. That's true. They're all the just, issues we cover, they're just kind of there. Um, so to get down, he creates a parachute out of his webbing. Now I don't know if you have ever seen webbing oh. before from like a spider web. They have holes in them. They got lots of holes. Guess what also has holes in it? Is it this parachute? It is this parachute. Oh, it's more hole than parachute. Yeah, and uh, it, uh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Unfortunately for Chameleon, and I say unfortunately because I'm just mad at the stupid the spider-man's plans work and he nabs him long enough to clear his own name but not before chameleon slips away again and quickly disguises himself as a cop yep he's a slippery little bastard oh yeah super slippery so spider-man tries to web him up but he runs out of fluid Mm. maybe the first time this happens but it definitely will not be the last not even in this episode no With the aid of his spider senses, he's able to find the real chameleon with relative ease. For those who don't know, Spider-Man's spider sense is a psychological awareness of his surroundings, giving him a precognitive ability to sense danger, often in the sense of a tingle. The Peter tingle? The Peter tingle, yes. Oh, man, Aunt May just gets hotter and hotter. Oh, yeah. Well, she just got, like, hot recently. She got hotter from uh, from Raimi's Aunt May, too. She, well, yes, that is true. <laughs> but she was also, like, 90 <laughs> in Raimi's trilogy. Uh, I don't remember. I don't know. Oh, I don't remember who the actress um, is. Oh. I hate, I hate my memory right now. Um, <laughs> the She's the mom. The, it's, it's the mom for Mrs. Doubtfire. In, no uh, shit. In, in The Amazing Spider-Man, I think. Oh, my God. I'm going to look it up. All right. While you do that, I'm going to think about how I can't wait for the next reboot. Um, Mm, Hopefully that doesn't happen. (laughs) So, despite that, Chameleon proves he's more than just a disguise man. He's also extremely clever and claims Spider-Man is the fake to the arresting officers. He legitimately pulls an Uno reverse card. And the cops have already been duped by a fake Spidey, so they fall for this one hook, line, and sinker. Now, can you imagine? What's up, Nick? I was just laughing at you. Oh, okay. Uh, it's Sally Field. Is, Sally uh, Field. Field or Fields? Field. Oh. No way. Singular. S. Okay. Which she was in Forrest Gump, too. Was, he, was she Forrest's mom? Yeah. Oh, my God. She's really good at being moms. Yeah. And sometimes an aunt. Aunt, yeah. Which is basically his mom. Yeah. 
It's close enough. Might as well be. He doesn't know his own parents. Oh, we did mention that. He doesn't know his parents at this point. Spider-Man doesn't know his <laughs> own parents. Yeah. They're, they're going to do some stuff with that later. Yeah, but that's down the road. Yeah. It's not super relevant at, in this in this early yeah. stuff. So, just imagine. You're... You're Spider-Man. You're a fresh okay. superhero. Okay. You're you're trying to do good, mm-hmm. even though I, I don't know why. Things. I can I can pick things up. Yeah, I, I can. You can uh, shoot I ropes. Can, I sense things. I can shoot ropes, but I could do that before I got bit. <laughs> <laughs> so you find what is for your technical first supervillain. Okay. This little fucker just refuses to be caught. Right. He's like. Uh, it's like those little toys that uh, kid, they used to make for kids that were really hard to hold. If you squeezed them, they would just slide on out of You're your talking hand. about like the hand that you could just like, it was no, made no, out of no, elastic? No, no. no it's like a little whap. tube. It was like a flashlight before there was flashlight. <laughs> trust me, it's one You of played those. with flashlights as a child. Is that what I'm hearing? I mean, essentially, I wouldn't stick your dick in it, but <laughs> um, it was, yeah, you like would squeeze it and it would slide out of your hand because of the material that it was made. I have no idea really what you're talking about. You're making this up. So let's just pretend I said none of that. It's like a fish that's really hard to... A fish? Yeah, you, like, you catch a fish and it's like, like all right, wobbly I'm, and wet. I'm, I'm and done. Gets, I'm done. It gets out of your hands. Spider-Man. And it gets away. This has gotten out of my hands. Spider-Man <laughs> displays some spidey strength and agility. And the cops quickly realize they've been fooled again. Mm-hmm. This time, however, Spider-Man's had enough. He's cleared his name, so he no longer will be arrested and thrown into a black site for... Intruding in this government facility. I get so tired of heroes just running around fucking willy nilly. I well, you know what I'm tired of? What government government for, for government <laughs> government facilities? Uh, I, you know what I'm tired of not being able to talk. <laughs> government facilities. I'm yes. tired of government facilities. They're always in a government facility. Yes, and we're gonna see it more in an upcoming issue that we're gonna talk about on this episode. Ugh. So. Spider-Man is a sad boy. He's got no more web fluid. He's been yelled at by the military. And he just runs off into the night crying because he's bad at his job. We're going to see that some more, too, probably. Yes. So, do you know what time it is, Nicholas? What time is it? It's heist time. Heist time? Heist time with issue number two in The Amazing Spider-Man versus The Vulture, who is played by Michael Keaton in Spider-Man Homecoming. Very good, uh, very good uh, interpretation of the vulture. Yeah, well, he did a pretty good job. Yeah, he's he's old man, but he's not like he's still capable, like, old man. Comic book vulture is old. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Mister Toombs. So this issue debuted on May tenth, nineteen sixty-three. Now, fun fact: we almost saw the vulture sooner than Michael Keaton in what would have been Sam Raimi's Spider-Man Four, played by John Malkovich. Hmm. Raimi was notoriously disappointed with the last installment of his trilogy. There were too many hands in the cookie jar. Yeah, Sony Sony does that. Yeah. So he desperately wanted to redeem it with the fourth movie. All the actors were on board. It was just Sony. Yeah. God, that would have been great. That would have been fantastic. I love John Malkovich. Yeah. Now, the Vulture's real name is Adrian Toomes, but we don't learn that for a while, and he eventually becomes a staple of the Sinister Six. We will definitely be covering at some point later. Oh, yeah. In this debut, Vulture is already an established criminal with a penchant for thievery, just like the chameleon. The most notable takeaway is the fact that he flies completely silently 
baffling police and pedestrians alike. J. Jonah Jameson is already hot on the case, demanding pictures of both Spider-Man and the Vulture. These demands make their way through the grapevine and fall on the ears of Peter Parker, who still needs to figure out the mortgage. Isn't it nice to just be able to sit there for months at a time and be like, boy, I hope mortgage money comes in. Oh, God. I think about that at least once a month. Yeah. <laughs> Roughly like around the first. Yeah. <laughs> it's, this, <laughs> it's this event that sends him on the path to become a photographer for JJ, who never looks too deep into how Peter's able to get these fantastic shots. It's kind of like just, hey, Mr. Jameson, you told me you wouldn't ask. And he's like, yeah, but I want to know. Mm-hmm. So speaking of newspapers, what do you think the vulture found in his morning edition? Uh, his horoscope. And the stars will align and he will get a uh, uh, monetary... I got he will come into good fortune? Yeah, he's, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I bet he's a Sagittarius. I don't know if that was an insult or not. <laughs> I honestly have no idea. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know my girlfriend's a Leo? I think. I don't know, man. A few years That's the back. That's lion, right? Some, I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah, Leo. Lion. Yeah. A few years back, they said that the, all the, the the horoscope stuff changed, so I don't even know anymore. What do you mean it changed? I don't know. They changed, like, what what months Is counted. Like how they which... made Pluto not a planet, and then they made it a planet again because it was feeling sad? Hmm. So what's the vulture up to? <laughs> well, he finds a diamond shipment for the Park Avenue Jewelry Exchange in his morning edition. Good place to leave that is right in the in the newspaper. Why the fuck would you advertise that? <laughs> I don't know. You've got every costumed asshole in a hundred miles wanting those diamonds. Yeah. Now there aren't very many of them right now, but still, I feel like Spider Man's probably tempted because he's. Oh yeah, he needs the money. Yeah. So. The vulture flies out of his abandoned silo, because well, why not, and <laughs> decides to up the difficulty. Because a, n- a normal jewelry heist is too mainstream, he decides to give the cops a heads up. Right. What an asshole. <laughs> he throws these little love letters through the windows of Jameson Publishing Company, the local radio network, and one to the unnamed police chief. As this is going on, Spider-Man is posted up across the street and tries taking up a couple pictures with Uncle Ben's old camera. But because he's a klutz when it matters, the vulture hears him and a pretty hilarious case of bullying ensues. (laughs) Vulture swoops in from behind, knocking Spidey out. And that's it. (laughs) (laughs) If you've ever seen uh, the GIFs online of... uh of uh, blue jays attacking cats because they're dicks. No. Oh, you've never seen that? Wait, the blue jays are dicks or the cats? Blue jays are dicks. Oh. They'll just like attack animals. It's kind of fun. Stuff. It's well, it's this is essentially Spider-Man was the cat, Vulture was the blue jay. He just yeah. attacked him, beat him up. But he's a vulture though. Knocked he's not a blue out, jay. Him out. He's a vulture. Uh, <laughs> it's it's going to be a long career. <laughs> I'm a hoot and a half. He takes Vulture takes Spider-Man's unconscious body to a nearby water tower, opens it up, and tosses him in. He literally gives this man a swirly. <laughs> this is almost too easy, he mocks. Nick, how many swirlies did you get growing up? Zero. I don't believe you. Well, you're you're about to get one. No. <laughs> you know what? That's fair. You didn't give me consent. That's right. <laughs> no means no. This and that's the true lesson you should take from Absolutely, this kid. Absolutely, yeah. Why are kids listening? They kids shouldn't. Well, 
We, all we did was cuss. Well, we mentioned flesh. Kids shouldn't listen to this. <laughs> what a roller coaster. Yeah. But fortunately for Spider-Man, the cold water is enough of a shock to bring him back to life. Have you ever messed with a spider in your bathroom sink by pouring water on them? Oh, yeah. It's the yeah. best way to deal with it. Yeah. They're already in the sink. I don't, yeah. have to, I don't have to put them there. But how did they get there? They just show up. That's a thing. Yeah. Well, that's essentially what happens here. And to make matters worse, he runs out of webbing again. But old Webhead has another trick up his sleeve. He dives to the bottom, squats down, and thrusts himself upwards through the water and straight out of the water tower. Now, of course, this wouldn't work with a normal person, but he has the proportionate strength of a spider. Which means? That boy's strong. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if I saw a spider do this in my house, I would burn that shit to the ground. Yeah. After this bitter defeat, Spidey has finally learned his webbing lesson and gets to work fashioning himself a tactical belt that fits underneath his costume. He also sets to work on a contraption he thinks... Might be able to negate Vulture's silent flying, but mm-hmm. we're going to have to see. Yeah. After all this buildup, it's finally heist time. Parker scopes out the joint with his so-called friends, and you learn Peter Parker really is alone. Everyone he hangs out with just roasts him mercilessly, and you understand why he thrusts himself into his studies. I know they didn't have time to pencil cover-worthy sketches in every panel, but even with the minimal detail, you can see Parker is not having a fun fucking time when he hangs out with people his own age. And it's usually just Flash. He's always around Flash. Just it's Flash and like two Flash. other people. Yeah, it's those two girls. One of, one of which is, I, I think, Betty is her name? I, I could be so. making that up, though. It's And I know there's a Betty, and then there's a Liz. Liz! 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 That's who it is. Yes. Okay. Alright, so... Everyone is here at the Jewel Exchange. Police are everywhere. Choppers litter the skies. And one maroon-suited man who holds the important diamond-filled briefcase steps out of an armored vehicle. As the escort makes his way to the Jewelry Exchange, they pass over a manhole cover where the vulture strikes from below as opposed to above. Popping out from underneath the cover, he wastes no time in yanking the briefcase and flying through the dark sewers below. Genius move. It, yeah, it is pretty good. I like it. Unfortunately for him, when he resurfaces, Spider-Man is already hot on his trail, and an awesome battle ensues. Vulture makes a dive bomb. Spidey barely dodges and catches a single wing to the chest, knocking him off the roof. Spidey demonstrates some damn fine aim, as he webs Vulture in the foot and climbs his way up till he can actually lay a hand on Vulture. Now that he's got the Vulture, it's time to activate the mystery gadget, and the two of them start to plummet to the earth. The gadget works! Spidey manages to web a nearby building to stop his fall, while the Vulture begins a spiral descent. The fall isn't enough to kill him. Just knock him out. By the time he comes to, the cops have already caught him red-handed with the stolen briefcase, and it's off to prison. But not before Spidey catches a couple picks for his new job. We discovered Mr. Toombs was harnessing the power of magnetism to fly, much like Magneto. Spidey's device is a so-called anti-magnetic inverter. God, I wish I was smart enough <laughs> to just debunk the, the the bullshit that we see in this in this issue. What what Stanley likes to do and what he's gonna do a lot from here on out. 
is whatever uh, force or power this person has, he's just going to add anti to it. And that's how you solve it. Don't oh. yell. Stop yelling. Stop your yelling. I hate it. Yeah, it's oh, it's frustrating. Oh. It's it's so it's. I'd say it's lazy, but this is also the sixties. Yeah, this is. They had to do like it, open up the Encyclopedia Britannica to yeah. find things out they didn't know. Yeah, so it's just it is of the time. I guess for now it stands. It's not like I have a choice. It's true. <laughs> Well, now, here's the part that really grinds my gears. Jameson pays Parker enough for the picks to pay the rent on Aunt May's place for a year. A fucking year. Mm. And he's, and Parker tells Aunt May that tomorrow she'll get all new appliances. Ugh. But millennials are just lazy. We yeah. can't pay off our student loans. <laughs> and now, let's say hello to the tinkerer. In the second portion of number two, and Nicholas's favorite bad guy name. No. Yes, no, <laughs> yes I it hate is. It. It's so dumb. I'm going to make it worse later. Ugh. Fun fact the tinkerer, whose real name is Phineas Mason, is the fat guy in Spider Man Homecoming who helps Adrian Toomes br- build some of his cool alien tech. Why does he got to be the fat guy? Well, he wasn't the skinny guy. There's another fat guy in, in Spider Man. Maybe yeah, he doesn't matter. Yeah, he does. No, he doesn't. Spider-Man's best friend. Okay, well, that's Ned. Yeah. That doesn't count. That's a different... He's... Uh, Ned's obviously not helping the Vulture. I feel like Ned is is the fat guy in the Ned movie. is the Vulture. <gasps> <laughs> We're going to set the scene in the science lab of Midtown High, where Peter is performing some sort of experiment with tubes and beakers while Flash Thompson and his buddies are just dicking around in the back. Peter is approached by one Professor Cobwell, who recruits Peter to be his research assistant. Being the eager beaver we know and love him to be, he accepts. His first task, pick up the professor's radio at a repair shop while on his way to the lab. The name of the shop is the Tinkerer Repair Shop. Peter, foreshadowing. (laughs) Peter meets Phineas, who tells him he's there to pick up a radio. As he goes to fetch it, Parker gets an unnerving feeling about the place, but he chalks it up to paranoia. However, we the reader see his paranoia is justified. Tink heads down to the basement where Green (laughs) He hits Tink heads down to the basement where Green (laughs) quit interrupting me. Tink heads down to the basement (laughs) where a green reptilian looking alien with antenna and a purple cummerbund is adding a little something special to the radio unfortunately this isn't the only piece of text tech these green monsters and his friends have messed with the scope of which we have no idea mm-hmm. tink charges peter a dime and he's on his way i can see the life leave your eyes every time i say tink yeah it's because it is <laughs> i'm dying slowly so he like i said he charges peter a dime and he's on his way the cheap price, along with the uneasy feeling he got earlier, Parker just can't shake the feeling that something's off. With his spider sense, he feels he gets he gets the same feeling working in the room with Professor Cobwell and the newly repaired radio. Waiting for an opportunity, the professor is eventually called away to a lecture, re- leaving the radio open for dissection. He finds something rather sinister looking that definitely doesn't belong in a radio and decides he's had enough cocaine he's not <laughs> no it's time to go visit tink no i mean in the radio 
Oh. <laughs> you said it definitely doesn't belong there. I thought you meant he didn't have enough cocaine. Well, he may not. <laughs> well, it's time to pay the Tink a visit, this time as Spider-Man. During the recon, Spidey discovers these aliens have been hard at work installing surveillance devices and electronics all over the country to gain military secrets. But, as it's as it always goes when Spider-Man tries to be sneaky, mm-hmm. he gets discovered. Absolutely. The aliens severely underestimate him because, you know, why Why would you expect this asshole to have super strength? He's just some guy in a red and blue yeah. uh, leotard. Is that the word? Let's go with leotard. Sure. He's in a leotard. It's canon now. Out. Yeah. <laughs> Making our own canon. That's right. So they decide trapping him is better than fighting him. With a blast from one of Tink's ray guns stunning him, they trap Spidey in another glass cage and plan to suck all the air out, suffocating him. Quick on his feet, he finds one of the holes air is being pushed out through and fires a a carefully aimed shot at the control panel ahead, which opens the cage door. Now, I didn't think about this. That makes no fucking sense. Nope. Air is supposed to be pushed out? Mm-hmm. suffocating him mm-hmm. should it be but, sucked out yeah it should be sucked out yeah but you've got these but if it's holes. Got holes that's just where the air comes these, in these aliens are stupid yeah maybe <sighs> he's stupid for thinking he could have just sat there <laughs> oh my god does he not need oxygen yeah they, that would have been much smarter <laughs> <laughs> oh god so he lands gracefully on his feet and then proceeds to beat the living shit out of these aliens, destroying the control panel and accidentally starting a fire. The aliens and the tinkerer get away while Spidey escapes through a hatch on the roof. Unfortunately, a passerby spots Spider-Man fleeing the scene of a fire. You know that's not going to go well once it gets to Jameson, but we never we never really get there. But they do make a point to, to show yeah. that he is seen. Yeah. Now, meanwhile... The aliens flee our planet, destroying their fleet of surveillance devices with the push of a button, never to return. Or do they? Do they? (sighs) Technically, no. At this time, it was customary for all Marvel heroes to encounter aliens, and we were super obsessed with them even more then than we are now. Unfortunately, these weren't really aliens. In the spectacular Spider-Man number 51 in 1981, it was revealed that these aliens were just Mysterio and some common-ass criminals. Comics retcon all stuff all the time, but this one hurt my feelings. So, for those of you who don't know who Mysterio is, watch Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah. You'll kind of learn. Or if you don't have time to do that, I'll go ahead and say he uses... Illusions. <laughs> He's kind he, of fun. Anywhere and he has a fishbowl on his head. Yeah, he, he, I, he, I agree. He's super fun. You know, he's uh, he's completely responsible for Old Man Logan. That's true. Yeah, and that's something we'll get to eventually. Because oh if they don't know who Mysterio is, they sure as hell don't know who Old Man Logan is. <laughs> that is true. So we will get. That, I, I look forward to doing that one. That is one of my favorite dystopian stories yeah. of all time. Now, we're going to close out this episode with the exploration of issue number three from July 10th, 1963. Like we said, this is the calendar year, not his first 12 issues. 
we've got the introduction of personally my favorite Spider-Man villain, Doctor Otto Octavius, aka Doctor Octopus. Doc Ock. If you have any experience with Spider-Man, you know Doc Ock. He's been in the movies, the games, the cartoons. He's everywhere. We're not even going to talk about Superior Spider-Man, where Doc becomes Spider-Man. But you can bet your ass we will someday. Someday, yes. This man even formed the Sinister Six. He is bad. He's number one, probably. Yeah. Number one Spider-Man villain. We open with Spidey terrorizing some criminals Batman style, shooting an image of his face from a projector on his belt behind them as mm-hmm. he drops down and makes quick work of them. They never really explain where he got a belt projector. He just did. He probably just built it. But he just likes fucking with people. It's pretty. It's <laughs> pretty cool flex. It, it is a flex. Yeah. But even with the flex, it leaves Spider-Man wanting more. He says, "I almost wish for an opponent who'd give me a run for my money." He doesn't have very much money. Mm-mm. So that's that wouldn't be it. Well, no, he did make oh, a yeah, year's yeah. worth of mortgage. He made quite a bit. Well, he gave it all to Aunt May. Little bastard. Well, look no further, because on the other edge of town, respected atomic researcher Dr. Otto Octavius is kicking all sorts of scientific ass with his already built robot arms. He's so proficient with these arms, the other scientists already call him Dr. Octopus. He built these arms with the sole purpose of being able to work with radioactive materials easier. And uh, they lived happily ever after. Oh, Spider-Man cool. retired and all was right with the world. Oh, I don't know why you had all that build up into who Dr. Doctor Octopus was, but yeah. you know, that's good to hear, though. That's good. I, I like that. That's yeah, a good everyone ending. loves a happy ending. Yeah. Except he explodes. Hmm? <laughs> well, was that you missed that? He, he fucking explodes. Doc Ock explodes? Yes, Doc oh. Ock explodes. Something goes awry with the project, and Doc Ock is flooded with mind and body altering radiation. He suffers severe brain damage, and the mechanical arms are fused to his body. We as nerds know that the arms are fused to his spine, but they do not mention it here just yet. They only say the radiation has caused them to adhere to his body in some strange way. He's also developed complete telekinetic control of the arms. However, I'm pretty sure he would just be dead after all this radiation. Yeah, Yeah. I watched Chernobyl. I know things. Yeah, good show. Um, I do want to point out, I, I know we're we're tell you're, you're listening to this and we're telling you the story so you don't have to read the comics. Yes, but if you were to look up anything from this particular comic, it would be the explosion. It is an awesome looking. Panel. Oh, it is beautiful. Uh, the, it's just red and black. It it, it looks it's it's good. They don't have a, they didn't have time to make every panel cover worthy, but that explosion mm-hmm. they that, put that some cool. love into. Yeah, it looks really cool. So. Doc Ock's not dead. He's pissed and wants desperately to finish his work, if nothing else, for other than other than for spite, and breaks out of his room and resumes his experiments in another part of the hospital, I guess. I guess. They never said that he leaves. Nope. But while he's doing his experiments, he's got nurses held hostage. Yeah. So I guess the hospital had like atomic research equipment, which doesn't make any fucking sense. No. And it you know, they say it's atomic research. He's just got some beakers just pouring liquid into each, each other. You can do all sorts of bullshit with beakers. We're going to yeah. actually explore what other bullshit you could do with beakers. We are. Yes. That's good. <laughs> Meanwhile, JJ has tasked Parker with getting photos of Octavius. Uh, every, uh, Oct- Oct- Dr. Octopus is famous. 
I yeah. mean, he is like the pride of this town. Mm-hmm. And the explosion has already made news. Filled with bravado, he sneaks into the hospital and quickly discovers Doc with the previously mentioned hostages. Realizing they're in danger, Spidey leaps into action. However, the web, web the weeb slinger. <laughs> <laughs> He's a weeb slinger. <laughs> yeah, notice me some play. <laughs> However, the web slinger would quickly learn the mistake of underestimating your foes. He immediately begins doling out the quips and showing off until Doc Ock clocks him in the jaw with one of his metal arms. Spidey comes back with some web to the top set of his mechanical arms. While this temporarily incapacitates them, he still has the bottom two arms to contend with. They strike quick, but Spidey is able to grab one in each hand. While he's wrestling these, the two webbed arms have broken free, much to his dismay. What's up? Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> what? I'm, I was looking at the panel, and he's, got, he's just got one in each hand. <laughs> no, Nicholas! <laughs> <laughs> On on either side of his face. Oh, he's just got one in each hand. Yeah, double fisting it. Anyway. (laughs) God, I'm an idiot. (laughs) Okay. So, while he's wrestling these, the two arms, the two webbed arms, have broken free, much to his dismay. Now that these two arms are free, they grab Spidey's legs, leaving him spread eagle in the middle of the air, and I can't imagine the image that you thought of <laughs> looks any better now. <laughs> and now that he's stuck, it's Doc Ock's turn to talk some shit. He gives Spidey a hearty bitch slap, saying, where are your brave words and taunts now, Spider-Man? And then yeets him out the window. Why are you sighing? Why'd you say yeet? What, what else would you say? I mean, is it not accurate? Toss, throw, um... That doesn't sound as fun, though. This is a fun podcast. You're having fun. Tell me you're having fun. Don't write help messages on your fucking notepad. (laughs) You're a child. Nick just wrote fuck you on his notepad. (laughs) You're a goddamn child. All right. I'm a child, and you're the one that said yeet. Anyway, read read your thing. Yeet this podcast. I don't even know what that means I don't either. Okay. At the bottom of page eight, Doc calls Spidey. A Superman. Now, I know Spider-Man is indeed a Superman, but it seems odd that they would refer to him as an already established superhero who's been kicking ass for 25 years by this point. It seems weird. I'm going to blow your mind a little bit more. He doesn't say a Superman. He says Superman. Yeah. He says, and now, Superman. And it and it's hyphenated. It is hyphenated. Like Spider-Man. Yeah. It's just a bad screw up on the uh the pencilers i don't even know if it's a screw it just feels weird somebody forgot what comic they were (laughs) writing for fresh off his victory but hostageless since they escaped during the scuffle he breaks into another atomic research center (laughs) yay government government facilities and they're just litter centers the countryside is just littered with atomic and government research centers. <laughs> we never do learn what he's working on, but Jesus Christ, it must be important. Now, this next part is dumb as shit, but <laughs> I think it's pretty funny. He uses his mechanical arms and throws himself into the ceiling, disguising his arms as pipes. 
after he's done doing whatever the hell that is, <laughs> he makes short work of any existing guards and scientists. He didn't want to get. He didn't want the the guard to see him. I mean, it and is then a tall he just ceiling. Knocked the guard out anyway. Yeah, it's like why bother with the fucking pageantry, man? Yeah. So he kicks out all the guards and scientists, and he gets to work. This man wants complete control of the plant, so he convinces any personnel still inside that it's about to explode. Now, unfortunately, you can't just hijack an atomic research facility whenever the hell you want, so now the military has been sent in to guard the plant. No one in or out. But they know Doc Ock will absolutely destroy them, so they hang back for now. Sure. Now, Spider-Man really got his ass handed to him back there. So much so, he considers hanging up his web gliders for good. He's too sad to work and almost too mopey for school. Luckily for him, the Human Torch has been recruited by the governor to take down the dreaded Dr. Octopus. But his power is too diminished for a battle right now. We later learn that he's weak from a virus, but for now he does a dare-style lecture in the auditorium for the whole school. You know, do the whole be good kids, don't give up, don't do drugs. Nick? You're old. You remember Dare, right? Is <laughs> you just referring me back to the previous fuck you note? Yes. You're not that old. Part of his speech must have resonated with Peter as he realizes he can't just give up. That's not what heroes do. Uncle Ben never really told him what a hero does, so I guess you've got the human torch. And Thor wasn't around to say, because that's what heroes do. point at him and become a meme that is true so parker rushes home throws his suit on and in a move we've already seen once human slingshots his way all the way into the atomic research center where doc ock is holed up getting so tired (laughs) fucking human slingshots while octavius is manning the camera control room he starts using the science lab of this facility against spider-man the robots start throwing shit Stuff is exploding, but Spider-Man is determined to win this time. He's not taking any chances. He buys himself some time while Doc Ock tries personally hunting him down, and MacGyver's another invention, but we have to see, wait and see what it does. He he does some atomic research. He does. This is what the beaker bullshit we were talking yeah. about earlier. He just pours some liquid together and then pours those into other beakers. Yeah. Spider-Man walks out of the room with these chemical bolo looking things you know the small rope with balls that can trip people up catwoman uses it a lot well doc ock has already found his prey and ambushes spidey forcing him to drop one of his bolos but not before landing a hit on the top set of arms with his contraption this looks to be an upgraded version of his webbing fusing the two mechanical arms together for the foreseeable future now that he's leveled the playing field In one swift motion, he wrangles the other two arms and webs Doc Ock right in the face. Thwip! 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 And now he's got to be careful, as the Mad Doctor is thrashing wildly. I'm still throwing up my thwip hands. I don't know why. (laughs) Go, Web, go. It makes me feel... (laughs) (laughs) Junior is... uh, Well, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Spidey knows he'll only have one chance. He lets go of one arm and lands a punch before the doctor has time to react, knocking him out cold. He's finally done it. He's defeated Dr. Octopus. For the first time. Yes. 
but certainly not for the last. Absolutely not. So do you want to do you want do you want to tell us what happens after this? I see you flipping through it. You talking about with the human torch? Yeah. How he shows up. Well, he he goes he goes to the doctor. He just goes to the doctor and uh what is it? He just has the flu. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and apparently that affects his his flamey flames? Yeah. And so then he it, 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 the doctor's like, "Hey, you're fine." So all he needed was reassurance that he was okay. Oh, great. Now I can fight Dr. Octopus. Yeah, now he's like ready to go. He yells flame on, which is how he, he catches himself on fire, Yeah, essentially. Um, we'll have to go over the Fantastic Four's powers one yes. day. But anyway. Uh, and then as soon as he is ready to go, Spider-Man pops his head in and goes, Hey, took care of it already. You're a piece of shit. All right, see ya. <laughs> Uh, and then leaves. And the Human Torch is like, "What? Okay, yeah." <laughs> I, I, and then the, those two eventually develop a great relationship yes. and become best friends. Yeah, Spider Man gets a good relationship with the Fantastic Four in general. Bagman, uh, <laughs> you don't like either. that outfit? Can't? No, I hate it. Really? Yeah, and I can't. I can't even explain it honestly because I haven't ever read that one. I'm gonna explain it. Spider Man has a a full. Like, just Fantastic Four suit, but they didn't have a mask for him. So he just puts a paper bag on his head and cuts out holes. That makes sense. It's pretty great. So that's all for Spider-Man Year One. Like I said, we didn't do a year's worth of comics, but we covered the calendar year between our introduction to the Web Slinger and the defeat of the first villain to truly get the best of him. Mm -hmm. And I want to say the next issues are filled with even more iconic villains, such as Sandman, the Lizard. Electro, in that order, and more. They really go hard right out of the gate, mm-hmm. and they keep it going. Now, the, these these issues are more story-based versus action-y. Yeah, um, definitely. And, and they, they do keep that going. Um, but it is still fun to see these fantastic villains just immediately. Yep. So this episode was kind of a light introduction to what we plan on doing here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next episode's going to get a little heavier. Yeah. Just a smidge. Just a smidge. <laughs> We're going to keep doing these deep dives, providing you with a little history and some tidbits you may not already know. Uh, Nick, you want to do your do our, do our thing? Do you mean the end of the show? Yeah. Yeah, sure. So, uh, this is the end of the show. That's it. Goodbye. <laughs> no. Uh- <laughs> What we need uh, from you, the listener, to do for for us You better is... fucking do it. Okay, well, let's back up. I'm, I'm feeling good. All right. What we need is, uh, if you enjoyed the episode, you like listening to our stupid voices, uh, we just need you to um, give us a rating, uh, give us a like. A what, review. Uh, yeah, a review. Just, um... In the review, tell Nick he's not old because he's very sensitive about it. Okay. Uh, whatever, whatever way you, uh, give reviews on whatever podcast, uh, platform that you use, uh, preferably the highest rating we can get, but we'll take whatever we can get. Any rating, really. We're not not picky. You know, we don't, we don't demand five stars like the others, though we would really like them. I would appreciate it. Yeah. So that's how, if you, if you want to hear more from us, if you, if you like what we're doing here, um. That's that's what we need. Yeah. So. All right. Well, uh, I believe that's it for yeah. for now, and 
Um, thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you. And we'll see you next time.